Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. Did you know that there are only two Disney intellectual properties or films, animated films more or less, that can be found as an attraction in some form in every Magic Kingdom style park around the world? No, it's not something from Star Wars or from Marvel. It isn't something that showcases Beauty of the Beast or The Little Mermaid or even Frozen, as popular as those films have been. In fact, neither of these were blockbuster hits, and the one we're studying in this post and podcast failed in the box office. The first is Dumbo with its symbolic spinner style. Every Disney Magic Kingdom style park has a Dumbo flying elephant in it because it's just so symbolic of, and it's so representational of Disney and going to a theme park. But the other one, the one that we're focusing on today is surprisingly Alice in Wonderland. Five of the six parks have spinning cups but many of them have attractions that are beyond that. And some have multiple retail or food and beverage experiences. Parades, entertainment, and other offerings showcase Alice, the White Rabbit, the White, uh, the Mad Hatter, and more. We're gonna go down the rabbit hole of many of these places to understand this creative Disney property. We'll go across the globe to see how this unique Disney film has been retold in parks near and far. So in celebration of your unbirthday, join us as we share Alice in Wonderland, a Disney park comparison. By the way, make sure that you check out disneyatplay.com and be sure to subscribe while you're there because not only will you be able to be notified of upcoming posts and podcasts, you'll be able to see our comparative chart that we've prepared for this podcast, and you'll see scores of photos from Alice played out in all of the parks. Let's, uh, let's go through the Disney Magic Kingdom style parks in order of their um, being built and talk about what they have to offer. The first place we're going to go, obviously, is Disneyland. And Disneyland has some very unique things about Alice in Wonderland. The first of these is they have an Alice in Wonderland offering that isn't even in Fantasyland. Yes, all Mad Tea Party type spinners and other kinds of attractions are found in Fantasyland. But here, they actually have a retail location on Main Street just as you enter the park. And its title is the Mad Hatter. Moreover, they don't have just one, but they have two retail operations that are called the Mad Hatter. In uh, Fantasyland, you'll see it in the form of what appears to be a little cottage, uh, one uh, that would be occupied by the White Rabbit. It has a chandelier that is formed with carrots and so forth and, and different props and thematic details that that suggest the abode of the white rabbit. You remember in the film, Alice gets inside the house and then grows to a very large size 
overwhelming the house. That's what's played out here at Disneyland. But there's so much more. First of all, we should mention the Spinning Cups here is the Mad Tea Party. It is unique in that it has no covering over it because Disneyland's weather is so beautiful. It has never needed a cover um, over the attraction. Originally, it was actually located more or less where Dumbo is today. It was located behind the carousel in a Fantasyland. But when they made the big remodel in 1984 and created the new Fantasyland, they took out the Mad Tea Party and they put it appropriately next to the Alice in Wonderland attraction. And this is, by the way, my favorite Disney dark ride experience. When you think about dark rides like Peter Pan's Flight and Snow White and, and Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Alice in Wonderland is truly a fantastic dark ride experience, which was recently updated a few years ago before um, the pandemic. Oh my goodness, there are so many beautiful details that can be found in this dark ride, which is the only dark ride that is two stories. It goes up a story and then it comes down. It goes outside and weaves its way through a, an oversized garden until it re-enters another uh, showcase area and you celebrate your own birthday. I love this attraction. Well, first of all, I love Alice in Wonderland. And surprisingly, it's not because of the story. I'm not even sure it's because of the characters, although I will say the Mad Hatter is one of my favorite Disney characters, played by Ed Wynn, or voiced by Ed Wynn. It is truly, he is true, he brings that, he is the Mad Hatter, he brings that character to life, and he makes it so much fun. The whole scene done at the Mad Tea Party in the film was fantastic. I should also mention the music is beautiful. A lot of songs were written for this film, many of which were cut out or incredibly eclipsed when the final uh, film came together. I love the music. Very Good Advice is one of my favorite um, Disney musical pieces. So all of that comes together. Oh, and I, did we forget to mention so many wonderful color styles are used, many of which originated from the work of Mary Blair, who just brought a very creative sense to that attraction. I love the whimsical look of Wonderland and all of its different locations. Again, story-wise, it's a mess. It's a hot mess. You kind of get to the end of the film and go, what, just what happened? But all that's said and done, it is a beautiful film. It is a colorful film. It is a musical film. And it's, it's very near and dear. The Alice in Wonderland Dark Ride at Disneyland brings all of that to life. Whether we are going into um, the, the oversized flowers or into uh, Tolji Wood or to play croquet with the queen, Alice in Wonderland, the dark ride, it, it blows my mind that the other parks have never created a dark ride like Alice. It is a very popular ride. You ride in 
a caterpillar. How crazy is that? And yet it's so much fun. You weave your way through a very, in a very unique dark ride vehicle and it's just fantastic. So they took the Tea Party and they put it adjacent to the Alice in Wonderland attraction, which was kind of on the outer side of Fantasyland near the Matterhorn bobsleds. But that's not the only place where Alice in Wonderland shows up. Head over across the way to Storybook Land and you'll see that one of the little villages you visit as you go through this canal boat ride is Alice's Village. You see the little country church in the background and you see a rabbit hole um, that uh, clearly is one uh, made for the white rabbit to go down. And so it's not a big piece. It's a, it's a very intimate little piece and in Storybook Land, but you can find that there. You can also find Alice and the White Rabbit in It's a Small World. It is one of several dozen Disney characters which make their appearance. And that appearance shows up uh, among the chess set that is designed for the UK portion of that ride. And it's a great place uh, for it to show up. I mentioned that there are two retail spaces. I should also mention that the characters can be found going throughout Wonderland, though usually somewhere in the Alice in Wonderland area. And there have been day and nighttime parade floats. Most notably, a big piece of the Main Street Electrical Parade has been the oversized mushrooms with Alice sitting on the top and a Chester cat coming through. That has always been a mainstay in fact, it's always been, it's usually always been the secondary um, float set. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's always been, it was originally the Blue Fairy, followed by Casey's Train with Goofy, Mickey, and Minnie, followed by Alice in Wonderland. It's just been a part of the Disneyland experience for so many years. And you, one of the great reasons you have to go to Disneyland is to experience all that is offered in terms of Alice in Wonderland. Let's head to Walt Disney World next. And you'd think they would have taken all the elements that show up at Disneyland and placed them in the Magic Kingdom of Walt Disney World. Well, you do have the Main Street electrical parade floats that you saw at Disneyland. You do have character meet and greets that occur. And of course, you have the Mad Tea Party which opened uh, with no cover as well in 1971, but it only took a good summer of thunderstorms to realize that was not going to work. And so a big dome or roof was put over the Mad Tea Party. By the way, at Disneyland and at Walt Disney World, it's called the Mad Tea Party, but it's called different names in the other Disney parks. Um, I should also mention that as part of the um, topiary um, and gardens that surround the Mad Tea Party, there are a couple of very cool elements. One is the Dormouse. He is in a center uh, teapot and pokes up and down during, the, uh, during your ride on the Mad Tea Party. The other is that in the gardens, there is a little memorial 
to a former Disney Imagineer who passed away, Randy Posh. He wrote, um, well, he authored what was what became known as the last lecture. He knew he had cancer, and so he created this this speech about what life is all about and um, gave it. But he was at one point an Imagineer um, that actually worked in part on, uh, if you recall, the virtual reality game system with Aladdin that showed up at Disney Quest. He was part of that. We're gonna talk about Disney Quest in just a minute. But um, in fact, in fact, that's actually, we should talk about it right now because while there aren't any retail locations that are based on Alice in Wonderland at the Magic Kingdom, there are two food and beverage locations that have historically occurred. One in the Magic Kingdom, right next door to the Mad Tea Party, the Chester Cafe. Uh, that's uh, been there for a number of years. It was called something else in the early years, but it's, for many years it's been called the Chester Cafe. And then there was also something called the Wonderland Cafe at Disney Quest. And in one of the upper layers of, uh, I think it was the fourth floor, maybe the fifth, maybe both, you stepped into a dining area that had oversized chairs and had a thematic quality similar to Alice in Wonderland. And, uh, and there you, you paid attention to that. I should also mention a very unique thing that can be found um, or that was found for many years. Uh, it's no longer there. I'll try to include a picture on the, uh, on the, uh, on my post. Um, Disney built a place for potential cast members to come and be recruited or to apply for a job. And they call it the casting center. If you've ever been down I-4 and you looked off in one direction toward Disney Springs, you will see a building that kind of looks like has kind of an Argyle sock design to it. And in big words, it says casting. When you entered that uh, building, you entered by a set of doors which had the same doorknob that you see, pair of doorknobs that you see in Alice in Wonderland. You remember that Alice had to go through the doorknob. And that actually... Those doorknobs are actually there in uh, at the entrance. I think they've actually since been taken away. The last I came went by, they were no longer there. They were there as part of the design to the casting center, um, and they were not small, but they were not big. You know, they were not oversized like in the film. It was intended to make you feel like you had control of your circumstance as you step through. Remember. Alice ended up floating through the doorknob and felt very much out of control. The idea here symbolically was that you had control of your destin destination or destiny or your fortune. And so you took control by handling the doorknob and thereby entering into the casting center to apply for a job at Walt Disney World. All of those have been elements of how um, Alice in Wonderland has shown up. In fact, I should also mention that in the original design and look and feel of the world of Disney Store, both at Disneyland and Downtown Disney 
and at Walt Disney World and what was Downtown Disney, now Disney Springs, those stores also had a lot of thematic details tied to Alice in Wonderland. Um, and so that's another element that found its way at Walt Disney World. There is one other thing that I should mention that probably is the most pivotal thing and probably is the reason why we didn't get the Alice in Wonderland dark ride at Walt Disney World. When they built the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World, they built a big show and that big show was called the Mickey Mouse Review and it had Mickey as a conductor with a full-size orchestra and they went through several sets of songs. I've talked about this a few podcasts ago when I talked about the three caballeros um, or the three cambios uh, is what I refer to it. You want to definitely check that out um, because the three caballeros were part of the show. Snow White was part of the show. Cinderella was part of the show. Uh, Br'er Bear, Br'er Fox, Br'er Rabbit was part of this show. And so was Alice. Alice was shown um, in her garden of live flowers. And that was uh, that was a uh, part of it. And I have a, a photo here showing the, the Imagineers that were working on those flowers and on Alice. By the way, I should say that because of these statues or because of the uh, the the 3D creations that were made of these flowers and of Alice, they were able to take that and replicate those as they redid Alice in Wonderland in 1984. And that created more of a three-dimensional look to that dark ride at Disneyland. Any rate, Alice in Wonderland singing all in a golden afternoon was part of the Magic Kingdom experience as you visited the Mickey Mouse Review. Now that show left, it headed to Tokyo, which is where we're heading next. And it played many years until it was finally replaced by Mickey's Filler Magic. But that's a great segue because our next park is Tokyo. And let me just say that if any park has really done Alice, oh my goodness, it just may be Tokyo Disney. They love their Alice in Wonderland. Yes, there are the spinning teacups. It's called Alice's Tea Party. And the Dormouse is there, although he's not in the center. He's actually in a teapot nearby, um, uh, adjacent to, um, to the spinner table. But he's there. What is, um, what is also there, which is unique above anything else, is that there is what's known as the Queen of Hearts Banquet Hall. This is a retail, uh, this is a food and beverage restaurant that is unlike any other. It's actually a cafeteria style because many Disney, Disneyland had a lot of cafeteria styles. Walt Disney World has gotten rid of most all of theirs. In fact, pretty much all of theirs. Um, but Disneyland had kind of a cafeteria style. Those styles showed up again in Tokyo Disneyland as they created this. But there are these rooms where they have completely themed out this restaurant in different rooms to the stories of Alice in Wonderland. And let me tell you, 
This is stunning detail that's done on this restaurant. It is so beautiful. You step through the keyhole to enter into it. You see the king and queen uh, declaring, let the banquet begin. There are There is a garden of live big flowers. There are the cards, standing sentry. Um, and there's this beautiful glass mosaic that showcases many of the characters, the Mad Hatter, the March Hare, the Walrus, the Carpenter, the Caterpillar, and of course, the Cheshire Cat. All of these are found. The food, <laughs> the food is only as crazy as only Tokyo Disney could do. So there is like heart-shaped, I have a photo of this, this sort, it's kind of like a hamburger patty and gravy. It's not anything remarkable, but it's got a heart-shaped uh, cheese on it and a heart-shaped, uh, I think that was a tomato or carrot that went with it. Oh, and by the way, you can have a birthday cake as part of your dessert. And all of this sits on your tray, which has the Queen of Hearts and King of Hearts kind of looking like a, a large oversized card. Should I also mention that at Easter time, Tokyo Disney does these Easter eggs all over. Well, take a look at the Easter eggs that I showcase that includes the White Rabbit, Cheshire Cat, and Tweedledee and Dumb. It's all part of the Tokyo Disney experience. And it is, oh, and yes, and It's a Small World. It They redid It's a Small World and included Alice. Um, and they also have an Alice in Wonderland component in their version of the Main Street Electrical Parade, which is the electrical parade on steroids. Because instead of being on a, on a mushroom, Alice is sitting on a very large Chesser cat that, that, uh, whose stripes constantly change as she parades through. And if this wasn't enough, with all of this, you gotta go check out the notes page. Because they'll show you that in the Disneyland Hotel, which sits across from the entrance to Tokyo Disneyland, they have rooms that have been completely themed out to Alice in Wonderland with um, the Queen and King of Hearts um, uh, bedboards and uh, a little lampstand that's in the shape, at the, the lamp is in the shape of the Hatter's hat. Um, and chairs that look like they are from the Mad Tea Party. They have they have done these amazing rooms at Tokyo Disney. It they they take it to a level unlike anybody else at Tokyo Disneyland. Disneyland Paris, though, isn't too bad either. It too has a Mad Hatter's tea party. And um and that is very popular. It sits in the middle of Fantasyland. It's beautiful. It's got kind of a river or stream that kind of runs around it. So it's kind of set apart um, by itself. It has a covering because of inclement weather. Like all of them, only Disneyland is, is open. But its, uh, its covering is actually a glass covering that is shaped um, like petals of a flower. Um, beautifully done, very expensively done. Oh, and yes, there's a dormouse outside the attraction as well. Ne adjacent to it is March Hare Refreshments, where, which has been more seasonal if, at best um, in recent years. But there you could get your unbirthday cake 
um, because it was probably your own birthday the day you visited. Um, but the big part of Disneyland Paris in Fantasyland, in fact, kind of the centerpiece, uh, or the carrot, let me say, the carrot that really drives you um, through Fantasyland is Alice's Curious Labyrinth. It's a maze. Um, Europeans love mazes, and they have created a maze um, that uh, just has all of the story elements. You see the Cheshire Cat. In fact, actually, the Cheshire Cat has a big floral portrait in the same way that Mickey does. There's the Queen of Hearts Castle. Um, there's the Cheshire Cat. There are fountains to jump, the Caterpillar, all of these elements can be found as you go through this maze. And uh, it's when I went through it the first time, I was a little disappointed. It looked like it hadn't been very cared for. But in recent years, they've done a much better job of paying attention. And it ain't the easiest maze to get through. You will spend time trying to figure out how to get through the thing. So, um, but it is, it is very much, you know... Uh, it falls completely out of the story of Alice in Wonderland and is is perfectly themed in an outdoor kind of way. Let's head over to Hong Kong Disneyland. Hong Kong Disneyland probably is the most disappointing uh, park when it comes to all things Alice in Wonderland. Like Disneyland Paris, they have not only a spinner ride <clears throat> but it's called the mad hatter teacups like the one at disneyland paris and it's a covering a covered area um and they too have some easter eggs that show up um it's beautifully lit at night i have some photos of that um it's very nice but fantasyland is very small at hong kong disneyland and consequently the that portion dedicated to all things Alice in Wonderland is also kind of smallish. Uh, so it's probably the most disappointing. Um, even it's a small world. Um, while it does have Disney characters, I believe in it, it doesn't include Alice. It includes Cinderella and Prince Charming, but it doesn't include Alice, as I recall. And Peter Pan, yes, but, but not Alice. The last Magic Kingdom style park that we're visiting that has the themes of Alice in Wonderland is Shanghai Disneyland. Now that's celebrating its fifth anniversary this year and it has a very unique, I'm telling you very unique take on Alice in Wonderland. First off, it is the only Disney theme park that does not have an Alice in Wonderland style spinning cup attraction. It is not part of that park. Instead, Winnie the Pooh has a honeypot spin that sits adjacent to the Winnie the Pooh um, dark ride, which that dark ride is very similar to both Magic Kingdom's and Hong Kong's style of, um, of Winnie the Pooh. Um, but if you want to spin, you're spinning in honeypots, not teacups. What they do have, and they've taken a lot of space to do this, is they too have a maze. Only the maze is much bigger 
in my opinion, much bigger than the one at Disneyland Paris. And moreover, it is a completely different take on Alice in Wonderland because this version, this maze, is based on the Tim Burton film, not on the original 1950s Alice in Wonderland created by Walt Disney and his team. Here, you go through a wonderland of different exotic animals, lots of topiary, lots of unusual shrubbery. You head into um, a mad tea party scene. It's a great Instagram location. You can you can kind of put your head up into a place where um, where you you can kind of sh showcase wearing a hat like the Mad Hatter. In fact, what and I show an image of this. I should show an image also of the one at Epcot, but I there has been an image of the remember in Epcot they're taking Future World and and dividing into three sections. Um, and the center section is world celebration. And one of the images they show, and they show this in the Epcot, um, film is a sort of large table that looks like it belongs in Alice in Wonderland. It's, it's very surprising. Now, recent photos I've seen that have come out suggest that maybe this has actually been crossed out of what is going to be in world celebration which honestly looked kind of out of play, but it did look a lot like uh, the version you see at Shanghai Disney. The other aspect of the Shanghai Disney uh, maze is a very um, formal set of mazes and gardens based on the Queen of Hearts with a large statue of the bust, a uh, large bust of the Queen of Hearts as, as rendered in the Tim Burton film. And one of the cool things about this is as you pass by the castle, you can kind of look down into this entire maze and see it below. So you get a great glimpse of the maze as you pass by its, its paths um, that cross through it. The maze is so big that there's a path that actually crosses through the middle of the maze. So one portion is on one side and then you go under the, uh, the path to the other side. But Anyway, yeah, the very bizarre part of Shanghai Disney is that it celebrates Alice in Wonderland, but completely different than any of the other Magic Kingdom style parks in that it doesn't have a teacups and it looks, well, it's based entirely on the Tim Burton film. Well, that does it for today. That gives you a sense of Alice in Wonderland as we travel around the globe wanting to give you a sense of all of these attractions which really has been based on on a film that is decades old but still lives in the hearts of so many generations even young people who are still watching it today on Disney Plus. Thanks for joining us for this Disney at Play podcast. Thanks for being part of this experience. Make sure you check out uh, to our, again, our DisneyAtPlay.com site with comparative charts and, and photos from this 
podcast. Make sure you subscribe there. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Check out our YouTube page, J. Jeff Cobra. Make sure you subscribe to that as well. And then also be sure to take a look at the Wayfinder page. If you like, if you like looking at Disney in this level of detail, you definitely want to join up with the Wayfinder Society. It's our Patreon page, but rather than just simply giving to help support this podcast, we benefit you with lots of fun, interactive apps that help you to explore Disney theme parks um, near and far. So be sure to check that out. Finally, as we conclude this podcast, thank you for being part of this listening audience. And wherever you are, whatever you do, make sure you always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We will see you real soon.